Good morning, everyone. It's Emmett. So I'm crossing the hump now, or the chasm, or the dip, or whatever analogy you want to use for it. <clears throat> In my uh, New Year's resolutions of how I'm going to uh, do my things in the mornings. Um, and what that means is five o'clock rolls around and I think, Oh God, I don't want to do it. And I, I'm writing and sometimes I get lost in it, but often I'm like, ah, this sucks. Not that what I'm writing sucks, but just the act of writing sucks. And then I go to do my exercise and I think, oh, is this really doing anything? And this is exactly what happens to everyone sooner or later when you start a new habit or a new pattern or a new structure in your life. There is always going to be a point at which your body and your mind rebels against doing it. And sometimes it happens after minutes when you're, you know, doing some strenuous physical thing. Or sometimes it happens after weeks when it's something that's a little more amorphous, like a, like a new pattern of behavior. The enthusiasm carries you only so far. And then you hit the hump where everything feels harder and you don't want to do it. And quite frankly, that's where many times I give up. And I've given up many things in my life. Things that got hard. Things where I looked at it and thought, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be doing this anymore. But as I've gotten better at figuring out logically the things that I have to do in order to have the life that I want to have. Not just the daily life, but the sort of a life where I have accomplished things and a life where I am the person I want to be. Well, then it becomes clearer what is non-negotiable. And I feel the clearest I've ever felt about it this year in terms of I am... I'm writing this book. I'm doing this for my career and to, to leave a, um, a gift to the world, to a contribution to the world of what I have learned about spoon carving. And I'm doing these things to take care of my body and to get it to a place where I am happier with it and where it will serve me well for the rest of my life. And, and being clear about those things and about why I'm doing them. And also being realistic about how much I'm asking of myself in any given moment, right? I'm not asking a ton. Although getting up at five can feel like a ton. But I'm not saying get up at five every day of the week. I'm saying get up at five when my wife is already getting out of bed at five, it makes it a lot easier. And I'm not saying exercise for an hour. I'm saying do these seven minutes of floor exercises. Push yourself a little bit. 
And I'm not saying write all day long. I'm saying write a page and a half, two pages each day that you do this. And because I've been realistic, it makes it a lot easier to push myself to keep going. I think a lot of times when we give up on something, it's because we bite off more than we can chew. So the clarity of why I'm doing it and why I have to do it in order to have the life that I've decided I want to have and to make the contribution that I want to make and by having made the process as easy as possible, it gets me through those moments when I think, oh, I don't want to do it. But then there's another step that is required to get over the hump, through the dip, whatever analogy you want. There's another step that's required, which is to examine why I'm feeling that way in the first place. And part of why I'm feeling that way is probably because I'm feeling overwhelmed uh, by other things, or I'm making choices that are leaving me more tired and therefore more exhausted than I would otherwise be. And those two can go together, of course. Or, I simply um, mentally there's something going on where I need to restore some balance in my life. And often that's because I'm overdoing it, but it's not always that. And so, if I need to spend more time lying around the couch reading a book, my brain doesn't always tell me, yo, you need to spend more time lying around reading a book. Instead, my brain will tell me, I don't want to do those things. And if it had more balance, it would be happy to do those things. It would be happy to get up early and do the writing and, and all of that. And the fact that it doesn't is not because it truly doesn't. It's because it doesn't have enough uh, nourishment from balance in my life. And because the dip is a natural part of every process. The dip happens in relationships. The dip happens in careers, right? Your initial enthusiasm carries you a certain distance. And depending on circumstances, it can carry you a long way or it might carry you not very far at all. What happens next is up to your habits, is up to your practice, is up to the pattern that you've built into your life and how well that holds up to the pressure from your own mind trying to break it down. I just read a super interesting, I can hear the trees creaking. It's super cold out today. I'm bundled up more than usual and the trees are moving in the wind and creaking because they're frozen. Um, I read a super interesting 
uh, essay today by Heather Cox Richardson, whose blog, Letters from an American, is something I highly recommend everyone go subscribe to. It's a daily blog about what's going on politically, and it's very even-handed and fair. And one of the things that she writes about today is how it's becoming more and more clear how much Trump tried to burrow uh, loyalists into various parts of government, and really what kept him from being able to pervert our election and destroy our democracy was that there was a deep state, not a bad deep state as he claimed, but a deep state of Democrats and Republicans who were loyal to the system. Hey, Willa, come on. Who were loyal to the process and the traditions that they were a part of and who resisted the the pushing from loyalists to just go along with what Trump wanted. So they were part of a process, part of a a, a practice, a set of habits for bringing it back to our personal lives that help us resist the the voice in our head that's saying, ah, just go back to bed, stop paying attention. And so I think we need to cultivate within ourselves a framework, much like the framework that we have in the U.S. of of a system that can stand up to our own uh, pushback from within that can give us a framework to push back against ourselves when we try to sabotage the thing that we have set out to do. And I like calling that framework a practice because the word itself implies the important thing, which is that it's not about outcome. It's not about what you actually manage to do every day. It's about the doing of it. And there are many ways that we can frame a practice so that it can support us. I've found over the years that being a professional spoon carver was actually fantastic for my practice because it required me to do the work on days when I didn't feel like doing the work. And that pulled things out of me that I otherwise wouldn't have found. Because when you have to do the work, even when you're not feeling on your game, you reach inside yourself to a different place to do it. And you learn new things about yourself and what you're capable of.
And the more I can make the work that I do about the process and not the outcome, the better it withstands self-sabotage from my own mind telling me that I should be doing something else or that it's not worth it or that I just don't feel like it today. So, I started off this morning really not wanting to be doing the things that I'm doing, uh, but got far enough with each of them that I feel good about myself for having persisted. And that's ultimately what you're left with in the end. If you do the work, even when you don't want to do the work, you are left with the satisfaction that you did it, even when you didn't want to, even when it was hard. And that's a far greater thing to be left with than the cold comfort of not having to do the thing and the recognition that you gave up on yourself. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk tomorrow.